Welcome to another episode of Good Morning Southeast Iowa, the podcast. I'm Dave Johnson, your host, Mr. Southeast Iowa, and I'm here with our old friend, John Bain. We just posted John's interview about his book, Christine's Jer- Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On. Uh, he's going to give us an update on that. He's, we're also here at the, the Harvest Rumble, the classic car show on the square in Richland. Uh, he's got the General Lee here, and uh, he's going to give us some... Uh, Give us some uh, input on in that. Uh, John Bain, Waylon Iowa, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Dave. It's a pleasure to be back on your show. I had a great time last time with Round Guy and Kim, and uh, it's great to be back on. Yeah, we're here in uh, Richland, Iowa today. I got invited to bring my General E, my 1970 Dodge Charger, what I call tribute car, to the Dukes of Hazard, And we're going to do a car chase later on. Friend Alan Heck has his... Uh, Sheriff Roscoe squad car, so we're going to put on a show for the folks here in Richland today, and really looking forward to it. Well, we're really glad to have you back. Uh, John was a, a guest on what we kind of consider our breakthrough episode. Uh, that and another one that we did that day uh, really kind of got us out in front of people knowing about our show. And uh, we're here to cover Southeast Iowa in a positive way, uh, which is not hard because it's a very positive place. We're here at the Classic Car Show in Richland now. How's the book been doing and how's the... Well, the book is uh, doing well. It's getting uh, very nice reviews. Um, People have been very kind. They really enjoy our story and enjoy the message. Uh, To kind of give folks who might not know a little bit of an idea what the book's about, my daughter Christy, uh, she lives in Northeast Texas with her husband and, and children. And back two years ago in June of 2019, she experienced cardiac arrest while on the job at work. And uh, up until that moment in time, she was perfectly healthy, good shape, you know, everything going good for her. And then cardiac arrest happens. Fortunately, it happened when she was at work, when she was around people that could help her and get her help. If she would have been at home, they live in the country, uh, I'd be telling a different story now. But uh, basically, the Lord lined up angels and helped her and got her help. And when she, got to the hospital in Texarkana, Texas, over the course of days of uh, getting her just balanced out and, and stable in the intensive care unit at Christmas St. Michael Hospital, Dr. Kevin Hayes, and I'm sorry, yeah, Dr. Kevin Hayes and Dr. Greg White uh, figured out that Christy was born with a birth defect in her heart. And that birth defect was her pulmonary artery was on the wrong side of her heart something we never knew about for 29 years. So to sum things up quicker, uh, they uh, got her with a a wonderful heart surgeon, Dr. Hani Najim, at the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio, and and he did corrective surgery on on her. And uh, I was called to write a book, and I wrote a, because when I would tell the story in more detail to people, uh, I said, the Lord has something planned for us. I don't know what it is. And a lot of people said you should write a book, and and I did, and it's it's done very well. Well, I'm so happy, you know, and you've been on a, a bit of a nationwide tour a little bit, or at least parts of the nation. You've gone uh, to Texas with the book. and Yeah, Texas and Iowa, and trying to get to other points in between, and uh, had book signings in a couple of different libraries uh, since the last time we visited, and uh, was at the... Kelowna Public Library in Kelowna, Iowa, and had got to speak and talk about my book and answer questions about 
our story and also how a book gets published with the folks there in Kelowna. And then also in uh, Mod, Texas, at the Mod Public Library. I was there for a book signing along with uh, three other authors from that area. So got to meet a lot of neat people. And um, I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to do by telling our story and how the Lord has helped us. Well, it's been an outstanding journey just uh, presenting the book. Where can our listeners, they want to get the book, where can they get the book? On Amazon or what is it? Well, um, if you're in Southeast Iowa, um, there's some close by places you can buy it in person. Uh, It's at the Kelowna Historical Village in Kelowna, Iowa. It's also at The Village in Washington, Iowa, on the square in Washington, Iowa. But you can also buy it anywhere books are sold online, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, uh, Books A Million, it's out there. Give them the name of the book again. It's Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On. Okay. Now, if you, we, we, there's another episode on Round Guy the Podcast and on Good Morning Southeast Iowa that has the full interview about the book. But I want to switch to the car show and to okay. the Dukes of Hazzard. Well, so. one more thing about the book. Okay. I also have a, a Facebook page called Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On. So if you'd like to learn more and see what we're up to, please uh, give that a like. That's, that's, and it's an outstanding book and uh, such a good message of faith and uh, healing and a family. And that's what I like about it. Thanks, dude. So uh, anyway, back to the car show. Yes. Uh, tell us about it. Tell us about, you know, the Richland Car Show and, and how it's presented here and what's special about about the Richland Car Show. Well, the Richland Car Show is a piece of Americana, that's for sure. I mean, they've got a beautiful town square with lots of trees and there's shade and uh, gives you a chance to enjoy the sunshine, but sunshine, but also get out in the sh- get into the shade when you need to. There's a lot of neat cars here today, a lot of classics. And uh, I'd say almost there's a car from just about every era of time here today. Yeah, there's a wide variety. Yeah. I mean, it is. Uh... And, and they're all presented very well. And uh, I'm really just proud to be a part of it. I think the best thing about it is the shade. There's a lot of shade. So yeah. you really can enjoy it. Uh, so uh, um, how's the... Uh, so what... I know Round Guy touched on this with you, but, you know, for someone to... You know, a show can, it must connect with you a great deal, mm-hmm. you know, to put the time and the money and the effort to go out with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a, it's just a wonder. Uh, it's a, it was a boy boyhood dream to, to have my own General Lee. I, I, the Dukes of Hazard came out in January of 79. I was 12 years old, and I watched it. My brother watched it. My sister watched it. Our whole family watched it. In fact, my grandparents are the ones that told me about it. <laughs> it, and it was a family show. I mean, it had had something for every age group of the family. And at the end of the day, it had a great family ma- family message. And it also said, you need to stand up for what's right and fight what's wrong. It was the most wholesome family show that was ever demonized. Exactly. Uh, Very much so. Uh, it's I know my, my dad loved he did, even, you know, later on when the scripts weren't really good, you know, he said, well, there's always car chases and Daisy Duke. That's right. You know what I mean? So he said, I don't care how good the episode is. I'm yeah. watching it, you know. Yep. Uh, and, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, it's, especially nowadays, whenever I'm at a cruise in or a car show or at a gas pump, first thing people do is they look at on the roof 
And the next thing they say is, I'm glad that you still have the flag on. Yeah, and, I am too. And I say to them, well, it couldn't be the General Lee without the flag. And, and the whole point of the flag on the roof, and what we're talking about is the Confederate flag, the rebel flag. The whole point of that being on the roof is they were telling a story about two good old boys in the South fighting the system, whatever that system is, and they were rebellious. Well, it's a rebel flag. That's all it means. And I'll tell you what, people I run into that were fans of the Dukes of Hazard, no matter their ethnicity, they always give me a thumbs up, a high five, a handshake, hugs, and they always want their picture taken with them. Well, when you came up on the square and figured you did the interview with Round Guy, I mean, the, the, the town square stood still. There was someone almost every minute over there taking a picture, and as soon as they would leave, other people would leave, would come. I mean, it was, uh, it really caused the story, and I was happy to see it, you know. Uh, I think, I think especially in today's political arena and how, how sensitive everybody is and oversensitive, I think it's a breath of fresh air for a lot of people to see somebody driving that car and showing, hey, Things are okay, everybody. Well, they this had is a, America. They, they had a connection to that show, too. Exactly. You know what I mean? They, there was something about that show. You know, if you're a small-town guy and the Dukes of Hazard's a small-town show, you know what I mean? It, was, it wasn't for people in New York. They didn't write it for people in New York. They wrote it for farmers in Southeast Iowa. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, um, exactly. And and that's the thing. I mean, it, it makes you just kind of stop and it remembers a, a simpler time. Well, we, we talked to Alan Heck of uh, West Point just before we talked to you, and you know, he had been on a journey to to meet some of the cast members and get them to sign it, and I know you have. Yeah. Let our viewers know a little bit about your journey. Of well, I've owned, the, I've owned my General Lee for 24 years. I bought it in May of uh, 1997. It was not a General Lee at the time. It's not a 69 Dodge Charger, but... It's a 70, and trust me, it's hard to find. Back in 1997, it was hard to find a 68, 69, or 70 Dodge Charger for sale. It's even harder today. And uh, so anyway, um, since that time, I converted into a General Lee, and I had the opportunity in 07, 2007, to uh, go to uh, Duke's Fest down in Nashville, Tennessee. And that was something that Ben Jones and his wife, Alma, uh, put on for several years and uh, this was actually down in Nashville, Tennessee that year and it took place at the Music City Motorplex is where they actually had Duke's Fest and it was a, a, a track, a racetrack there that was in kind of in the town of Nashville. What was neat was the night before at Cooter's place they blocked off an area behind his place, a big parking lot where everybody that had show cars could park their cars together. So you had what, lots of General Lees, lots of Roscoe cars, lots of Daisy Jeeps, Daisy Roadrunners. And what was really cool was the stars of the show that were in town for Duke's Fest were there that night and they came around on individual golf carts and posed for pictures and signed the cars if you wanted uh, with the owners of the cars. So I got a bunch of them in that night alone. And then the next year we went to uh, Duke's Fest again in uh, Atlanta, at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and John Schneider um, at that time was uh, in charge of Duke's Fest. So uh, 
got more autographs there. And in both places, I should mention, they were letting people take rides in General Lee's on the racetracks. So I got to drive it on a short track, and then I got to actually drive my General Lee at the Atlanta Motor Speedway in Atlanta, Georgia, and I took people for rides, myself and about six other General Lees. And what I would do differently than other folks was they'd hop into the car with me and I'd say, hi, I'm John Bain from Bettendorf, Iowa. That's where I was from at the yeah. time. I'm a graduate of the Hazard County School of Driving. We're not gonna leave Pitt Road like Tony Stewart or Jeff Gordon were gonna, would do. We're gonna leave it like Bo and Luke Duke. So hang on tight. And we'd get to the end and I'd just go straight up the, the turn on turn one and then whip it real hard and get out on the track. And people were laughing like little kids, grown adults were. And uh, I figured out ahead of time, my buddy of mine and I were out on the track practicing. And when you get up to 120 in a Dodge Charger on the Atlanta Motor Speedway, your whole car starts to lift and go towards the wall. So I learned that you need to let off your gas, hold on to that steering wheel, don't use your brake, and just coast and let everything go back where it's supposed to. So then I told my buddy, I said, the rest of these rides, we're not gonna get over 110. We're gonna take it easy. So anyway, between turns two and three at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, I'd have like up to uh, one, two, four people with me, and we'd get up to 110, and then we would coast the rest of the way and just coast it right down into pit road. And people were laughing and having a great time. So the people in line started watching what was going on. So as I'd come pulling up and people were in line, they'd all start yelling, we want to go with the guy from Iowa. <laughs> we're talking with John Bain of Wayland, Iowa, here at the, at the Harvest uh, Car Show in uh, Richland, Iowa. Uh, he's been regaling us with stories of Dukes of Hazard and his car and his book. Uh, so uh, tell me about Wayland, Iowa. It's a, a really great town close to here. Uh, what's it like to live in Wayland, Iowa? Well, Wayland, Iowa is, is everything you just said and more. It's a nice town, friendly people. My wife, Andrea, and I actually live four miles north of Wayland out in the country. But uh, Wayland, we just moved there back in July of 2016. But Wayland's been a part of my life my whole 55 years. My dad, Russell, was born at the family farm. Just, we basically, our house is on the farm site and he was born there back in 1942. So my whole life, uh, we, we would come visit our grandparents and, and enjoy the country life. And uh, there's just something about uh, that part of Southeast Iowa and, and Washington County where we're actually in. Wayland itself is Henry County, but we're, our, our farm is in uh, Washington. It's just, it's just a great place. Um, nature is bountiful and uh, it's just wonderful to see the crops grow and the harvest and everything in between. People in Wayland have a reputation of being go-getters. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think they really go hard all the time out there and uh, Pretty inventive, uh, pretty uh, resourceful place. Yeah, uh, I would say. You know, I just like to say, you know, on behalf of the people of Southeast Iowa, your hobby has been a blessing for us. It's a great way to, for us to draw people to things. It's uh, the centerpiece of this uh, car show. And uh, really, thank you, John. Anything else you want to say before you wrap it up? Dave, I just thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about Chrissy's journey. The beat goes on and to get more people to know about it through your podcast. And uh, 
uh, keep doing what you're doing because you uh, you bring a lot of interesting people on your shows, and I think it's great for people like me to learn more about those folks too. So thank well, you. Well, every episode we think well, people in Southeast Iowa enjoy this. It's local interest show. Uh, you know, I mean, I was a little tired of television. I kind of shut it off a year and a half ago, yeah. and uh, I thought, you know, the old radio programs, you know, bring back Round Guy. Uh, it's been it's been a journey, and uh, one of the best things about it is getting to talk to people like you and books. People, you know, if you ever do something in Southeast Iowa, what's your what's your platform to to, to spread the word? And we created that. And uh, you need to get a hold of Dave. He'll help you. Out. Yeah. Well, you want to be oh, before I let you go here. Uh, we do a segment about high school football, and Waco seems to have maybe the best high school football team in. They're Southeast getting, Iowa. They are getting it done this Although year. Although Oskaloosa is very good. Yeah. Uh, but New London took a little uh, loss this week. Wow. They were rated fifth in the state. I, I know. Uh, I think they might be 10th. Waco wow. and I might be now. Well, you know, when I, I, what I always say is whenever, whatever team you're following and whenever there's something that happens great or an upset or whatever in between, I always say that's why they play the game. That is why. They, well, I, they played Iowa Valley. Uh, New London did this week and lost. And then the week before, Iowa Valley played Waco. And I believe, I don't know, Iowa Valley was 15th and Waco was 17th or somewhere. It was just one right after the other. And then Waco just handled it. Like, it was, they went through them like a hot knife through butter. Uh, <laughs> Well, and, what it, and, what it every, and the word was, you know, well, Iowa Valley was really overrated. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, then yeah. the next week, they go to New London, uh, play the fifth race team in the state, and double. You know? <laughs> so maybe Waco is that good. Their defense is well, supposed I know, to be vaunted. Uh, their coach is, the coach is a good coach, and uh, the young men that play, they, they work hard every week and they know what their goal is. Well, you know, the Synchrony football team is 4-0. Waco's 4-0. Oskaloosa's 4-0. Uh, there's uh, Fort Madison is really good. That's why it gets better when it gets to the, towards the end of the season when you get into those battles of the unbeaten. But the team, you know, I mean, I went to the Fairfield game this week, and uh, uh, my buddy Scott went to the Waco game and covered it, you know, and it's. he said, wow. He said there was a lot of people there supporting the team. It takes a whole community. And it was a homecoming this past week. Yeah, it was homecoming, and uh, uh, they really uh, handled business again like they do. And uh, really, really looking forward to them. I think they're going to go a long ways in the state. I hope so. Go Whalen, go Waco, go John Bain, go Dukes of Hazzard. Uh, yeah! So, uh, <laughs> well, it's been another great episode. Thanks, guys, for listening. Good morning, Southeast Iowa. I'm here with Alan Hecht at the Harvest Fest car, Classic Car Show in Richland, Iowa. Alan is from West Point, Iowa, and he's here to tell us about his special car. So in 2006, I acquired this 77 Dodge Monaco with the mission to turn it into a Hazard County Sheriff's car. And it was about a four-month labor of love. Uh, we had to take a, a yellow high-end car with a brown vinyl top and knock it all the way down to make it a base model white dark dish hubcap police car um, and and after a lot of screenshots and, and studying images of uh, Dukes of Hazard episodes and watching 
Roscoe jumped the creek a time or two. Um, I got some some friends involved who had uh, been closely working with with Dukes and knew a lot of the cast and crew, and we got all the details right down to the correct light bar, uh, the correct decals, and it's got a working light bar and working siren, and it's probably of all I've been a car guy my whole life, but of all the Older vehicles I've owned, this one definitely is the one that draws the most attention. Outstanding, outstanding. Uh, so uh, what is it about the Dukes of Hazard that, <laughs> that you dedicated so much time, effort, and money <laughs> to pay tribute to? So that's a great question. So I was born in 1971. So in 1978, when Dukes premiered, I was right in that right age group, you know, from the age of seven or eight years old. Uh, to start watching Dukes of Hazard, and I don't, I think in those early years, I can't ever recall missing an episode. When the show came on, I was, I was ready, and I watched them all. And of course, uh, my parents will attest to the fact that there were probably very few Dukes of Hazard toys that I didn't ask for, and uh, didn't get them all, but had a lot of them. Unfortunately, uh, as a kid, you don't always know that those things are going to be something that you wish you still had. So I'm sure a lot of them got yard sales. Uh, I'm pretty sure my buddy Ian and I blew up a few of them when we uh, discovered fireworks and firecrackers and M80s in so, our teenage years. <laughs> so your uh, your car yeah. has uh, been on a journey itself and you connected with some of the cast members. Yep. Give us some stories about the cast members you met and sure. got their autographs. Sure, and, and amazing, you know what's amazing about it, and a lot of those autographs were done between probably 2007 and 2010, um, when, uh, you know, Bo and Luke and Kathy, uh, Daisy were still touring and going to different shows. And uh, I think John Schneider's was the first autograph I got. He was actually in Dyersville. I oh, really? At a show in Dyersville at the, uh, what would have been the, the next generation of Myrtle, I think it was RC something company. We had they had a big show there, and uh, Schneider signed the trunk lid and the sun visor both, and that would have been the first autograph I got. He's real accessible to his fans. Yeah. He really likes his. Yeah, fans. yeah. Very. You you are so correct on that. Well, who else signed it and where? So, um, I think Tom Wopat, which would be Luke, and uh, Kathy Catherine Bach. Daisy. I think both of those were different years, but at the at the show in, I believe it's Mechanicsville or somewhere up there in Iowa where they have a show like in February, I did not want to get the car out for that show, so I actually took the visor, the sun visor, because <laughs> you can take it off yeah. and just uh, stood in line and met with them and had them sign it. That is a beautiful story. Yeah, and then uh, the, the Cletus, Enos, and Roscoe. We're at a show in Columbia, Missouri, out at the fairgrounds. And that was when I, and I took the car down there and had them sign uh, at that event. So a little bit of travel time, but you know what's amazing about it, you can pretty much get it all done in the Midwest, at least during that era. You know, I didn't have to go far. Uh, you were in a little movie we made here in Richland, <laughs> Iowa. That's uh, correct. Was somewhat of a star there. Uh, you yeah. know, one of the main, uh, uh, vehicles. Yeah, we did a uh, we had a Barney Fife in person, <laughs> yeah. and uh, at the time Bob DeWitt had a Barney Fife uh, or Andy Griffin yeah. shows 
sheriff's car, and uh, we had the Dukes of Hazard car owned by John Bain, and we drove it around, uh, did a big car chase, and then pulled it over, and then Barney comes up and pulls the. Uh, uh, I played Luke, and uh, my buddy Roger Frakes, uh, rest his soul, played the uh, played Bo, and uh, it was really funny. I mean, it was a really funny interaction. Yeah, it's about a minute and a half long uh, video clip, but it's almost cleared 2,000 views. <laughs> it, it was uh, oh, really great. Well, uh, anything else you want to tell us? Any stories about the Dukes of Hazard or anything that you got before we wrap this up? No, it's, uh, it's you know, like anything, it's, as car guys, all of these things are a labor of love. And, uh, and again, that car draws a lot of attention. I always have to be in the right mood. If, you, if you're going to go pump gas in the car, it's hard to do without drawing a little bit of a crowd. But I think that's why I enjoy it so much. And then the other part of it is the connection with the people. Because through that, I've gotten to meet John Bain, you know, owner of the general yeah. Bain. And uh, I think that, to me, is the most rewarding part of it. And then, of course, cast and crew of the show and just talking with other fans of the show. It's, uh, it's a very well, unique thing. Before I let you go, there's two things I want to ask you about. Sure. One about West Point. What's it like to live in West Point? Do you sure. enjoy it there? So, yeah, so West Point, Iowa is just a great town. Um, I was, I've actually had a West Point address most of my life, except for a, a brief time where I did live in Fort Madison. But, yeah, great little town. Um, there's a brand new bakery on the square, uh, Kim's Confections, good friend of mine, her and her husband Randy, and uh, so there's some good businesses right there in West Point. And we we do a, a high school football report in Southeast Iowa, we haven't heard anything about West Point. Are they having a good season? Or? Uh, I think, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, no, they're doing okay. Well, if you can put me in connection with someone that can speak on their, their season and their games, I'll definitely put it in my report. Now, the, the last thing I need to know is, uh, what do you like about Richland's car show? What do you like about the square on Richland and the atmosphere here? Yeah. That may be a little different than other car shows. Yeah, so I've been connected to uh, Andy, you know, who puts this on for years and years. We go back probably 20 years. But what I love about this show, because I, I've done a lot of car shows over the years, I love the close atmosphere. There's something about having this nice, small space. But the best part that any car show person will tell you, they're shade. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what, what me and Andy were talking about when you were raised with There is shade everywhere yeah. here. It's a really nice yeah. square. And I've been in car shows where you're in a field without a tree on a hot summer day. And unless you've got a canopy, you bring your little pop-up canopy, it's pretty grueling. But what's beautiful about this show is it's it's low-keyed, it's friendly, there's shade, we've got a food truck, we've got music. It's yeah, great it's, music. Yeah, it's I a love great, Elvis Presley. Yeah, This is classic as the cars. Yeah, you got uh, it. No, it's I, I can show. say this honestly, there's 10, 20% more people here now than when we started doing yeah. this interview. So. Yeah. Great show. Look, uh, really enjoyed. We're talking to Rich Heck, or Alan Heck from West Point, Iowa. He's got a sheriff's uh, car from the Dukes of Hazard. It was great talking to you. Thanks yes. for stopping by. You it was, bet. Uh, you're, you would have been a terrific guest. Thank you. Thank you. We're yep. going to keep talking to the, to the people, and we'll put it all out on one episode. Thanks for listening. Dave Johnson, your co-host, we're out. Good morning, Southeast Iowa. I'm Dave Johnson, the co-host, Mr. Southeast Iowa, and I'm here with Bob DeWitt from Galesburg, Illinois, at the Harvest Car Show in Richland, Iowa, uh, on the square in Richland, Iowa. Uh, Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you. 
Anyway, Bob, tell me about the car that you brought here. It's one of the, the ones that was the main attractions. It's the, uh, it's a tribute car to Batman 66, the original TV show with, uh, Adam West. I've got a grandson that, uh, is a big Batman fan and I wanted to get him more into the 66 Batman than the Dark Knight, uh, because he's 10 years old and he doesn't need the Dark Knight stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, that was really a great show. So, uh. Tell us about your car. What? What? Uh... Well, it's a 2011 HHR, and I, I, I've had the car for a while, and uh, I used to own a Mayberry Sheriff's car, as you know, and I wanted to do a car show farther away than four hours, which is about the limit for a 55-year-old Mayberry car. So I was at the Chicago Emergency Vehicle Show probably 10 years ago, and a guy came in with a old ambulance that he had made into a Gotham City bomb squad. So in the back of my mind, I always wanted to do a Gotham City tribute car. And it just hit me when uh, I decided to sell the Mayberry car to do something with my HHR. So I've added the characters, the villains, uh, Chief O'Hara is on the door. Uh, I've got bars on the back window with uh, the Joker and uh, uh, one of the other characters, so it, it's just evolved. I keep saying I'm done, and then I add something else to it. So, uh, so uh, besides your grandson, is there a connection with the Batman show to you? He just loves Batman, and he's more yeah. in, he's been more into the more current ones. And I just I just wanted to show him the more campy. I, I love the '60s television. I just uh, you know Andy Griffith, the monsters, uh, Lost in Space. Yeah. I'm just a big fan of. Of the 60s campy TV. And, and this well, you could just perfect. say, this is Batman. What else do you need to know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? As Adam West said, uh, when I walk in a room, I don't have to say I'm Batman. Everybody knows I'm Batman. So that, that's kind of the way I feel with the car. There's not much else you can say about it. Everybody well, it's recognizes it. a really it. fun car. and I've, People are just flocking to it. And uh, all the other cars here. So how do you think this, you know, you go to a lot of car shows. What do you like about the Richland uh, square and, and they've just got a, a, a good variety of cars here and it, it's kind of impressive because I know this was thrown together kind of in the last four to six weeks and it's competing with another car show so I, I think there is a little doubt whether they would have this good of turnout but uh, the turnout's great and of course having the General Lee here always draws a crowd and uh, Hazard County Sheriff so uh, I'm enjoying it, this, and I love the small town atmosphere anyway. So, well, okay, so let's go. Let's go back to the uh, Mayberry card. Talk about that, because that was uh, something that we featured in a, in a little short film that I want to talk about later. Uh, I've actually had three of them. Uh, the last one, which you are familiar with, I had for ten years, and it was a 1967, which is what they used the last two years of the show. Uh, Ford Motor Company sponsored the Andy Griffith Show, and every year Ford provided the show with two cars. At the end of the year, they uh, took the cars back, painted them, and sold them as used cars. They didn't keep any VIN numbers, so nobody knows where they're at. Uh, but the 67-68 season, they kept the 67. The car just wasn't shown as much after Don Knotts left the show. So they ended up the last two years, they kept the same car. But uh, 
I was able to do three shows with Don Knotts' daughter, and she actually autographed it. She does a show called Tied Up in Knots, which is uh, a comedy show about growing up in Hollywood with Barney Fife as her dad. And uh, actually, she's just releasing a book, her first book, at the, uh, the end of September. So it's going to be out here in a few weeks. And uh, the car was autographed by Betty Lynn, who played Thelma Lou. She turned 95 uh, last month. And uh, she actually moved to Mount Airy, North Carolina, which is Andy Griffith's hometown. Uh, she had been there for Mayberry Days, which is a big yearly festival and uh, loved the area and ended up retiring there. And uh, funny story, she had been there about two weeks and she got mugged. Somebody stole her purse and uh, ran off with it and she yelled for Barney. But uh, they ended up catching the guy, but really sweet lady. Uh, if, if you go to see her, and she does autographs once a year or once a week, a month at the- uh, She may be the sweetest character that was ever on a sitcom. And once a month she does autograph shows, and if you've been to autograph shows, you know it's sign your name and thank you and get on the, not, not uh, Thelma Lou. She wants, she wants a picture with both of you in the picture. She wants to know about your family. Uh, it takes forever to stand in that line because she wants to talk to the fans. She gets so emotional that people still remember her after 60 some years of the show being on the air. It's on every day. It's on every day. For 60 been, years. Never been off the air. Never been off the never air. Never been off the air. Oh, my goodness. Well, we did, uh, I'll tell them a little bit about, we did a, a little skit called uh, Barney Five Meets the Duke Boys. Uh, we had a, a just a fantastic Barney Five in person. You ever seen anybody better than that? No, he's, I've, I've seen a few of them, and he's probably the best. Uh, uh, well, anyway, we had a big car chase, and... And uh, it ends, you know, and they got this Duke Sheriff's car and the Iowa, Iowa State Highway Patrols chasing. I mean, this is just, and, and it was really good chasing. And, and you know, the, the, the skit's like a minute and a half. And a minute of it's all this car chase, you know. But then uh, uh, Barney Five pulls over the Duke boys. I play Luke Duke and uh, Roger Frakes, rest his soul there, plays the uh, Bo Duke. And he's great at it, too. And, you know... And then uh, Barney pulls us over with a state trooper standing beside him. And uh, he just gives me the business, and I give it right back to him. And uh, we end with this great big punchline. And, and it was really well received. And we got like 2,000 views on YouTube. And, great video. Uh, that was a fun day. That was such a fun day. And you were a big part of it, and I'm glad we got it. You know, But just the stars lined up. We had the Barney Five guy. We had your car there. We had the other cars there. And, uh, it's funny, if you watch the video, there goes the General Lee, and there goes Hazard County, and then count to 20, and here comes a Mayberry deputy, because that 65 or 67 uh, Ford could not keep up with the Duke boys. So it's kind of funny watching the, watching the video, because you think it's over, and then here I come behind them. But, uh, you know, the, just the background of the city of Richland, I thought, was what made that video so special is because it looks like the 1970s. Yeah. And we shot it in low def on purpose to make it again look more like it was filmed in yeah. the 70s. And uh, we, you know, married a lot of videos, just people using their phones, shooting it from this angle and that angle. We found some video people had that we didn't even know. And though, so, and, and we had that, that state trooper, he's, he doesn't say anything, but he just, it's just his presence is so good. And uh, Roger Frakes is, uh, 
doesn't say anything either, but he, these looks on his face that just really make a make it a good video. And uh, so, uh, what other sitcoms can you tell us about? What can you tell us? What's interesting about Andy Griffin's show that oh, our listeners you, wouldn't know? You know, if you if you if you watch it and you think of the time period it was on from 1960 to 1968. Uh, you had the assassination of Martin Luther King, you had the assassination of uh, JFK, uh, you had Vietnam War protesters. There was a lot going on in the country, and, and that was a half hour to just sit back. And, and, and Andy tried to, from what I understand, uh, even though that was, was present day 60s when they were filming it, he wanted it to have a 40s feel uh, when he was growing up. That's why you see the candlestick phones and uh, you know the operator which really in the 60s that wasn't so much the case but he really wanted to have the, the 40s feel of when he was growing up in in Mount Airy which uh, actually is what the Andy Griffith show Mayberry was uh, was based on his childhood growing up. That's pretty interesting. Uh, tell me about some of the cast members that were interesting that you like. Oh well obviously Ronnie Howard uh, yes. has, has done very well. Tremendous actor. Uh, Barney Don Knotts left the show after five years. They originally had a five-year contract, and, and Andy said, we're going to leave after five years. Well, the network talked Andy Griffith into staying, and he wanted Barney to, to stay, too, because he was such an integral part of that show. But he had already been offered movie career, and uh, uh, Don Knotts actually wanted to... Uh, asked Andy if he would be interested in doing a comedy team uh, and doing movies together, kind of like uh, Lewis and Martin. Mm -hmm. And Andy said, Don, and, and I've seen the interview with Andy, he said, Don, I, I, I don't want to do that. I've just seen too many people doing that that ended up not being friends. And I think too much of yeah. you to do that. Martin and, and Lewis, for and, example. And Martin and Lewis, exactly. So even Cheech and Chong had a little rough patch they, in their yep. relationship. So, and, and they both they both had good careers. Obviously, Andy did some movies. He's probably uh, better remembered for Mayberry, but he had a successful career with uh, Matlock later in life. That was and, a really good show too. And, and now, did you ever get to meet Andy Griffin? I never got to meet Andy. The only ones from the show I ever really met was Charlene Darling. Uh, who was in a few episodes. Oh, yeah, this is the darling uh, girl. Uh, and uh, and Karen Knotts, who was actually in the Mayberry movie when they did the return to Mayberry in the 80s. And, uh, of course, Thelma Lou, I was able to meet. And uh, and that's about it from the show. So I, I got into it a little later, and now really the only ones that are from the regular cast alive is... is uh, is Opie, Ron Howard, and uh, Betty Lynn, who played Thelma Lou, and the rest of the cast are, are gone now. There's some of the bit players. Um, anyway, uh, back to Mayberry. Tell us about your badge collection. Uh, there's a company called Hollywood Prop Badges, and they make the actual prop badges uh, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, up to 85 TV shows. They'll actually do any badge, but uh, but they actually put the character's number on the badge, and uh, uh, I've got the Dukes of Hazard, of course. I've got them signed by uh, Roscoe, and then the two deputies, and their actual prop badges. Uh, Johnny Gage, Randolph Mantu from Emergency TV Show, uh, he signed one of the prop badges for me. 
I've actually got a James Arness. Uh, James Arness did a limited edition of the U.S. Marshal badges probably five years before he passed. And I've got That's one kind of, of an interesting transition. What I wanted to talk about was Floyd the Barber. Floyd the Barber. So Floyd the Barber was fantastic on the Andy Griffin show, but uh, when I drove a, a semi, I always listened to this thing called the uh, old-time radio program, you know. And they had Gunsmoke on that, which I always listed every episode, every day. And Floyd the Barber was on that. Yeah, was he the doctor? Yeah, he yeah. played uh, he played the doctor on uh, the radio version yep. of Gunsmoke. And I, I really enjoyed that. The last episode before his stroke, and a lot of people didn't know it, but the last episode before, uh, before he had his stroke was uh, the Lady Convicts, where Helen Barty or or in this cabin and the convicts are holding them hostage and uh, uh, he had a stroke right after that and Andy Griffith brought him back to the show and if you watch the scenes you never really see him moving they had special props so when he was standing leaning against the wall he was actually kind of half sitting and then most of his appearances he's sitting in a chair talking or he's sitting on the bench talking and uh, he was able to talk and he, he I think did the last three years of the show after the stroke and Andy Griffith just just you know loved the guy and that's the kind of guy he was he yeah they kept him in the show after the stroke and gave him more easier stuff to do uh, I remember hearing an interview and I can't remember was Andy Griffin or someone but they on the show that they said that uh, just before he died or one of the last times he was on the set that he had a was smoking a cigarette and uh, he let the cigarette go all the way down and burn his fingers, and he didn't even feel it. You know? I, I don't doubt that. And they, it and was they, his left side that was a And that's when they decide, boy, this is really, really bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, he was a wonderful actor. He really was. So was Goober. So was Otis Campbell was my favorite guy on the show. Do you have any Otis Campbell stories? No, but they have a... Uh... They have a, every September, the third weekend of September, they have Mayberry Days in Mount Airy, and uh, all these tribute artists are there. And I mean, the, the Floyd the Barber tribute artist, his name's Alan Newsom, he's incredible. I mean, if you if you didn't see him, you would think it's Floyd talking, and he's done that for, I think, 25 years. And uh, they just filmed a movie, and it's just coming out at the end of the month. It's called Mayberry Man. And a lot of people say, don't remake the Andy Griffith Show. And it's not. It's a tribute to the Andy Griffith Show. And what it's about is a modern-day actor, kind of a jerk Hollywood actor. He's caught speeding in Georgia, and instead of a fine, he's sentenced to spend a week at Mayberry Fest with all these characters. And it, 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 it's a Hallmark Channel movie. I mean, at the end of it... Boss Hogg used to use that same technique. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's an interesting... We had our Mayberry car in it, the Labor Day Parade last year for it, and uh, it got cut from the uh, actual movie, but we got our name in the credits anyway of providing a car for the movie and uh, and then for supporting the movie. So our name's in the credit twice, so that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. Life, uh, we're talking with uh, Bob DeWitt of Galesburg, Illinois, about his love for classic cars and his love for classic TV shows. Uh, anything else you want to put out there before we get off? Oh, I can't think of a thing, or I could talk for another uh, hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> about well, the 60s uh, and TV, so. You were one of the first people to ever watch Good Morning Southeast Iowa when it was on, live on Facebook. And uh, I can't thank you enough because if people didn't watch, we would have never 
transitioned into this podcast and had our audience grow the way it is doing. Uh, thanks uh, very much for the interview, uh, Bob DeWitt, Galesburg. Can you tell us anything about Galesburg, Illinois? Before we get you? Uh, if you're ever there, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> It's in Illinois. That's all I need to say. It's yeah, in Illinois. Stuff, but there's some uh, historical stuff there, isn't there? Or didn't Lincoln uh, uh, Douglas do a debate there? Lincoln Douglas debate was there. Uh, Carl Schamberg, the poet, was born there. Uh, they got, actually got an eight-foot statue on the square of Carl Schamberg and his ghosts. And, uh, and I remember the Hot Rod Tour came through a couple years ago, and uh, one guy posted a picture of it and said nothing on his Facebook page. He said, nothing says love like a man and his goat. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and they, they need a Ferris wheel. The actual George Ferris, who invented the Ferris wheel for from the Gilbert Chicago Illinois. Exposition, is from Galesburg, Illinois. And I, I'd have went with a Ferris wheel instead of Carl Sandberg, but, you know, I'm not in charge of well, the Well, I used to work at a foundry called Iowa Mount, well, it's no longer there, but we had a sister Foundry in Galesburg, Illinois. I uh, I worked at that one summer. Did you? And uh, this is the honest to God truth. I, I, my dad said, I always go to an interview. I was 18. I always go first thing in the morning so they know you're out of bed and you'll show up. So I went to uh, Iowa Malville and I applied. And I'll never forget it. The human resource man said, we don't have any openings right now. Can you stop back after lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even stop. A lot of people went home at lunch and never came back. The foundry is one hard place to work, and uh, and honestly, I went back after lunch and I got hired and worked there all summer. So, but the, I, I always remember him telling That's me that. Story. Is there any uh, professional athletes from Galesburg? Uh, uh, Jim Sunberg. Jim Sunberg. I knew Jim there was somebody Hall, that Hall of was. Famer. He's uh, vice president now with uh, the Texas Rangers. But uh, yep, Jim is. Uh, he played Legion ball there, played high school, and uh, went on to become uh, a Hall of Famer. So, Car shows, TV shows, Jim Sunberg, you've been listening to Bob DeWitt, Galesburg, Illinois. Another great episode. Thanks, Bob, for your time. You've Thank been you. wonderful. Thank you.